Hope and a Prayer by Carrie Fetter Monica was a woman of faith. She loved her three children and turned to prayer daily for guidance on how she could be the best parent she could be, now that she was a widow. Her one son, Aurelius, was intelligent, but rebellious. She and her husband saved to send him away to school for an elite education. However, the influences there had a negative impact on him. Monica prayed every day for him, but her prayers had not been answered. There, there. What has he done now? Oh, what hasn't he done? He is my son, and I love him no matter what. Oh, but sometimes he makes it so hard. Is it about his drinking? No. Is it about the woman he's seeing? No, Father Anthony. This pierces closer to my heart. What do you mean? He said when he was away at school in Carthage, that he learned of a new religion called Manichaeism. So, of course, I started explaining how ridiculous this was and that he couldn't start believing in these pagan ideas of light and darkness. Well, we had a horrible argument about it. He said... He wants to leave the country and go to Rome. He said he has no use for the schools here or my beliefs. He is drawn there and feels like his ideas for success can be fulfilled. I tried to follow after him, begging him to come home, but he wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> The only thing I knew to do was to come to church to pray. I'm glad that you still have your faith. It has been years that this has been going on with him, hasn't it? Yes, it has. My other two children never acted this way. Sometimes I worry that my late husband's pagan beliefs have transferred onto him. Oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> it isn't always the parent's fault. Sometimes each person has to have his or her own journey. But what if his journey leads him down a dark, miserable road? Give your son the space that he needs to make his own mistakes in life. He must learn his own lessons. Even if he does wrong, God can always make straight with crooked lines. You are right. Oh, I guess I have always hovered over him. I have to trust that God will guide him at this point, even if there are evils. Oh, I'm going to be so lost without him. Be patient, Monica. In God's time you'll get your prayers answered. When Aurelius was leaving for his journey, Monica followed him to the coast to say goodbye. She hugged him so tightly and sobbed uncontrollably, hoping he would change his mind. Her tears were like that of the sea just flowing down her face. 
Aurelius couldn't wait to leave his family and pursue his new life of worldly desires, wild parties, and pagan beliefs. While Monica was separated from her son Aurelius, she prayed for his conversion and wondered why her prayers were not being answered. She continued to pray and soon understood that God had his own timetable. God had the ultimate knowledge of what was best long-term and short-term. She trusted in him, so her prayers remained just as fervent. After some time not hearing from Aurelius, Monica grew concerned. She felt through prayer that she needed to see him. So she left the only life she knew and traveled to Rome to be there for her son. My son, I am so happy to see you once again. How are you doing? I'm fine, Mother. What are you doing here? I haven't heard from you, and I was worried. No need to worry. I was just caught up in my teaching. Oh, of course. How are things coming along? Terrible. It is not what I was expecting. Really? Yes. The students come late to class, and some don't even show up. That is terrible. When I give them assignments to accomplish, they only do half of it or none of it at all. When I ask why they didn't get it done, they tell me that they didn't have time to accomplish it because they had better things to do. Better things! Can you believe that? What is better than learning? Uh-huh. Why are you looking at me that way? It is just that the roles of teacher and parent are very similar. I can relate to how you are feeling. Really? You think being a teacher and being a parent are similar? Parents and teachers are not alike. Yes, they are. You love to teach, and you want to pass on all that you know to your students so that they can have a better life. Well, that is the same thing that I was trying to teach you when I talked to you about God. No, Mother, it is not the same thing. My teachings are true. Your teachings of God are false. You talk to me about God and how He loves us. If He is so loving, then why is there still evil in the world? Because He gave us free will. Free will? Mother, there is no free will. There is only good and evil. Aurelius Augustine. No, Mother, don't tell me that this God you know is more than that. But he is. I don't have time for this, Mother. You said to me, what is better than learning? Why are you afraid to learn about my God? Is it because you might find out that you may be wrong? Well, I guess that you are correct. Parents and teachers are different because I know as a parent that I may be wrong at times. I was wrong for not giving you your space when you were home, and maybe I was wrong for making you pray all the time. But that is something that I love to do, and I just wanted to share that with you. Mother, I... I am... Yes, my son? I... I am applying for a new job to teach in Milan. Milan? Yes, Milan. They are looking for a rhetoric teacher, and a friend of mine is recommending me. That means you would be moving again? Yes, it does. 
I pray that you get it if that's what will make you happy. You know, if I do get it, you could move there with me. You did travel all this way, and it would only make sense. <gasps> Thank you. I would love that. After that conversation, a part of Aurelius's heart began to slightly change. He did get the job, and they both moved to Milan. Aurelius was excited to begin this new part of his life. Not many understood the intricacies of rhetoric, which was the art of persuasion and public speaking. But Aurelius had the skills. He was drawn to anyone with the ability to speak in large crowds. As the many Greek philosophers he studied over the years, such as Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. One day, he heard about a man named Bishop Ambrose that was preaching nearby and decided to go and listen. We all need to try to live a virtuous life. It is our moral obligation. We are to love one another as Jesus taught us. He is very eloquent when he speaks. His form and eye contact really captured the audience's attention. I haven't seen someone captivate the crowd like this in some time. Maybe you should meet with him, Aurelius. Ask him questions, and he may help guide you on your journey. Mother, how could he help me with my journey? You really do like to debate, don't you? Yes, I do. It is a way a person can learn, as long as they are willing to accept that they might be the one who is wrong. Where did you learn that? Debating with a wise woman. Oh, Aurelius. No one is good but God alone. What is good is therefore divine. What is divine is therefore good. I really need to speak with him. I can try to petition him to see if he would meet with you. What? I have been praying daily at his church. Let me see what I can do. Monica visited Ambrose to arrange for a meeting with Aurelius. The two men met for lengthy conversations over a period of time. Even though Aurelius was learning more and more about the Catholic faith, he still didn't believe that the life he was living was wrong. Until one day, while he was in a garden, and he heard a group of children chanting. At that moment, he felt an urge to pick up a Bible and read a random passage that he turned to all on his own. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Besides this, you know what hour it is how it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. 
In that instant, the book fell from his hands. All that he had done over the years suddenly came into a clear light in his mind. He was wrong. Everything he did was wrong. He felt a feeling of calmness come over him and a freedom from the world's tight grip on his soul. His weakness towards self-indulgence was made strong, and his desire for money and success faded. He knew how he had to conduct himself and that following God's will was the only way. His journey to a conversion finally began. It wasn't too long before he arrived at his baptism day. Well, when we first met, I couldn't imagine that we would be celebrating your baptism. All the tears that your mother has cried for you got you to this moment. Yes, her love for me was so consistent and true, yet somehow I feel like a fraud. As a person who looks for the credibility of a person, I don't feel like she knows the real me. I mean, she knows some details, but she doesn't know all that I've done. I wonder if she knew, would she have given up on me? No, I don't think she would have given up on you. She would have forgiven you as our Heavenly Father forgives you. All you have to do is tell her you're sorry just as we tell God that we are sorry when we go to confession. Are you ready now to make your first confession? Yes. Let's step into the confessional and we shall begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my first confession, and these are my sins. Well, Father, I have committed so many sins that I'm not sure where to even begin. Most people feel that way, but I can tell you that the sins of man are all very similar. Please begin when you are ready. I always knew I was sinning, but somehow... I didn't care, and I just wanted to do it even more. It was quite tragic, really. But I know God always fashions a lesson for us out of our sorrow. One of my first memories of sin was when I stole. I was young, and I shook down a pear tree and stole all of the fruit. I know that it may sound petty, but the real concern for me was the reason I stole. My family had plenty, so they didn't need it. I didn't want to eat it and enjoy the fruit either. I did it because I enjoyed the sin of theft. I also liked being around the other boys who did things like that. In fact, we would end up feeling ashamed that we felt ashamed. So that made us do things like that even more. Okay, you may continue. Next, beginning around age 16, I lusted after women. I was in love with love. I sought it out everywhere and tried to gain it through things and women. My father saw me and instead of any punishment, he celebrated my manhood and boasted about it. My mother, on the other hand, was quite upset as she should have been. She warned me to stay away from fornication, but
but especially adultery. I'm embarrassed to admit that. My mother prayed and prayed for me, but I just couldn't see it. I not only got pleasure from the act, but also for the praise that it brought. And where do you stand now with these types of relationships? It has been a constant temptation. There are times that I have recognized my wrong ways, but then I fall back into it over and over. Now, after my baptism, I am committing to a life of chastity. We often repeat our sins over and over. Do you think that you are ready for chastity? I am at this point, and your example has made a big impact on me. But I'm still not done, Father. I'm sorry. Please continue. The one that has bothered me for a long time now has been my pride. I was so filled with pride. I knew how disappointing I must have appeared to God, but I was pleasing to myself and desired to be pleasing to the eyes of others. I took pride in being refined and cultured. The theater definitely gave me joy because I was able to see my own miseries come to life. I was caught up in worldly possessions and my career perpetuated it. I judged others and manipulated them with my persuasive words. Okay, please go on. I also have not honored my mother. She is a widow and has given me nothing but unconditional love. She has prayed every day for me to join the church. I mean, this woman followed me from our home in another country and constantly prayed for a change of heart and for me to grow closer to God. I believed in other religions and philosophies that I used to guide my lifestyle because it allowed me to keep doing the things I wanted to keep doing. I have done nothing but push her away and argue with her. I have lied to her face so many times. She doesn't know about these harsh sins. She only sees my teaching successes and failed relationships. This sin I am truly sorry for. Please forgive these sins and help me start fresh. You have given a very thoughtful and sincere confession. I absolve you of your sins. For your penance, I would like you to thank your mother for her guidance and prayers, and tell her how much you love her. I would also like you to spend some time in prayer and think about what you are grateful for. Thank you, Father. Now make a good act of contrition. After confession that day, Aurelius made his personal prayers to God alone. After prayers, he went to see his mother. He wanted to thank her for everything she had done for him over the years. Mother, I am so sorry for the pain and suffering I have caused you. It is because of you that my heart has been finally open to God. Your prayers and years of hope have worked. You never lost faith in me. How could I ever thank you? Your love for God is all I need. I thought you'd be happy to know that I want to return to our hometown in Algeria. Would you like that? I thought I could join the monastery there and be close to you. That would be wonderful. <sighs> I, I'm so happy. <laughs> Aurelius made all the arrangements for them to move back. 
However, on the journey there, Monica became ill. She died suddenly, but happily, knowing that she witnessed her son's total commitment to Christ and the Church. Aurelius Augustine goes on to settle in the community of Hippo, near his birthplace in Tagaste, Algeria. He was called to priesthood and helped establish a monastic community in that area. He was eventually named Bishop of Hippo. Thank you for listening to this historical fictional story about the life of St. Augustine and his mother, St. Monica. To learn more about St. Augustine's conversion, please read his book titled The Confessions of St. Augustine. That was Hope and a Prayer, written by Carrie Fetter. Cast members in order of appearance. Dana Flowers as the narrator. Deacon Michael Orange as Father Anthony. Teresa Arnett as Monica. Bobby Fetter as Aurelius Augustine. Lawrence Kuda as Bishop Ambrose. Directed by Carrie Fetter. Produced by Thomas Marinchak. Audio technician was Matthew Mann. Music and sound design by Matthew Mann. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.